All right. So we're going to do a little experiment. Everybody's got to participate. Okay. So I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to make loudly the sound that immediately comes to your mind whenever you hear the word that I say. Are you ready? Apple. Not the word, the sounds. Okay. Let's try again. Close your eyes. Get ready. Mac products. Oh. Okay. Keep going. Windows. Uh, <laughs> okay. Pizza. Mm. Race car. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> um, okay. Keep your eyes closed. Make the sound. Worship. Evangelism. One person loves evangelism. I expected to like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, that was you. Okay, perfect. So that's what we're talking about today is evangelism. And I know you can open your eyes now. Thank you. Um, I know that whenever we think of evangelism, it can bring forth a whole bunch of different images and thoughts and ideas of what evangelism is. Um, I have a little video clip. It's three minutes long. Anybody ever seen the Reinhard Bonnke promo video, the highlight reel? Okay, we got three. Okay, y'all watch this. This is, this is evangelism, right? Let's think about it. We're going to try it. Let's see if it works. Just crank it up. Jesus, I break the power of every disease in the name of Jesus. No divorce in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you will bless each and every one and let them rise from their deathbeds, from hospital beds. Every request shall be fulfilled in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you believe that, shout hallelujah! That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess of things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Say amen! I heard she had sickle cell. Yeah, sickle cell anemia. So she couldn't do this before. No more pain. No more pain. No more. You can feel it. I only have one desire. I want hell empty and heaven full. I seize every crippled leg. And I command every crippled leg to receive strength right now in the name of Jesus. Darkness into light, 
My goodness. And I think today there are over 80 million salvations, right? So when I think of evangelism, that video often comes to my mind. Just a sea of people falling in love with Jesus. Amazing. Um, you might think of images of Billy Graham at these crusades, preaching the gospel, right? You might think of uh, being on the streets, preaching the gospel, getting people saved out there. Another one that comes to mind, raise your hand if you've ever heard the story of Mr. Genner. Anybody? Oh, man. It was, it's 10 minutes long, but I can share the link with you. We're not going to watch it. But basically, this little, tiny, frail man, white-headed man, he lived in Australia. And for 40 years, he got radically saved. And he said, God, every single day of my whole life, I'm going to give out 10 tracks. Uh, you know, basically, come hell or high water, I'm going to make it happen. And so for 40 years, well, he ended his retirement on this real busy street in Australia where there was tons of people all the time, kind of like Times Square. And every day, he would walk out and hand these tracks. And so this pastor was uh, he was pre he was like a chaplain trainer and he was training the chaplains and he was sharing this story and he finds out hey how did you get saved and this guy says well I was in Australia this one time and this little tiny frail old man walked up to me and he said excuse me sir if you die tonight would you go to heaven or hell and he hands me a track and he's like wow that's amazing and he goes to another place in a different country a different part of the world he says how did you get saved and randomly the Lord connects the dots and says you know I was in Australia this one time and this little tiny man he came up to me and he says excuse me sir if you died tonight and then he was in another chaplain's training in South America I think and he's like preaching the gospel telling these stories and three or four people came up to him and said this one time our boat was docked in Sydney and I went out and I got blind drunk and this rude little old man walked up to me and said excuse me sir if you died tonight and long story short, this pastor begins to put together all of these stories, and he's like, wow, this guy, this is wild, but all of these people who are leading all of these churches and all of these things across the globe, um, th clearly there's at least 100,000 people that have been saved through this one guy. And so he had the chance to go to Sydney and to knock on the man's door. And he said, excuse me, tell me about what you've been doing. How did you get saved? And that's how he got saved, uh, was somebody handing him a track. And he said, from this day on, for 40 years, he said, I've never heard of somebody accepting the gospel because of what I've done. But I've faithfully said yes to God for 40 years. And he had no idea of the, the world that had been changed because of his obedience to say yes to God, even when it didn't make sense, even when it was difficult, even even when it was hard. It's the most profound story. So I can share the link with you. It's great. Or you can Google it, Mr. Jenner. It's like G-E-N-O-R. Great, great little testimony. So a lot of times that's what we think about evangelism. Evangelism might be a scary word for you. Raise your hand if that's scary for you. Evangelism, scary word. Maybe you think of the dreaded, like, oh no, the dreaded forced labor of the kingdom of God. <laughs> okay, God, I'll do my part. Here we go. I'm going to find some lost person, and I'm going to grab them, and I'm going to shake them till they come to know Jesus, and then I'm going to awkwardly walk away. I'm going to pat myself on the back and be like, see, I, I did what you said. <laughs> you know, can I go back to my life now? For some people, that's what you think of when you think of evangelism. I get it. I'm totally there with you. 
Um, even for me, leading up to this message, I've known I'm preaching on this message for months, <laughs> months, and I'm dreading it, <laughs> to be really honest. Back in my former life as a youth pastor, I was like evangelist, like I, I've seen dozens and dozens of people saved, and I loved the thrill of the hunt, like, oh, we're going to find some kids that don't know Jesus, and we're going to get them saved, you know, <laughs> and, and it was fun, and it was exciting, but when I look back at some of the fruit, it's hard to say what was the fruit, and I think it in recent years, the Lord has um, called me into some, some different type of evangelism, and that's what we're going to focus on today. So relax. Everybody breathe out. You're not supposed to leave this room and go corner people and like pound the gospel into them. That's not today's message, although the Lord does call you to do that at times, okay? But that's not today's message. So say, just breathe out. Ah. Okay, today we're going to look at how did Jesus evangelize in the Gospels, and uh, what exactly did he do? So, um, let's dig into it a little bit. When we look at how Jesus evangelized, we're going to see several different uh, perspectives of how he evangelized. And most of the time, we see Jesus walking down the road with his group of friends, and he's walking up, and he's moving around the room, and then he looks over, and he sees somebody, and he's like, oh, Zacchaeus, hey, buddy, how are you? And Zacchaeus, a lost guy, he's a tax collector, he's hated by all, he's all lonely by himself, he's up in a tree because he's so short, and Jesus walks right up to him and says, Zacchaeus, and he has this moment of clarity, this moment of intention, and he looks him in the eye and says, Zacchaeus, God's got great things for you, buddy. Let's go hang out, let's have dinner, let's go to your house. And we don't know what was said in that dinner at his house, but we do know, we do know that in one evening, over the course of a dinner, Zacchaeus was moving this direction with the trajectory of his life to a wicked, terrible place. And bam, just like that, everything changes. And now he's walking straight to the heart of God. He becomes one of the most generous people in his town. He's preaching the gospel all over. He pays back all of his debts and everything he's ever stolen from people. And he's radical for Christ. Amen? We see another story of Jesus doing a similar thing with the woman at the well. So his disciples have gone on. He's there by himself. And he's not supposed to talk to women at, at, the, at this place. But this woman comes up and she scoops out the water. And Jesus begins a conversation. She's kind of like, what are you doing? Stop it. You're not supposed to talk to me. And in this moment of clarity, Jesus was not concerned about hey, lady, you are a bad person. You're going to hell. You need God in your life. We don't read any of that. What do we read? We read Jesus lovingly listening to her and saying, hey, man, that's interesting. I'm sorry to hear that. God has something more for you. Let me tell you who you really are. It has nothing to do with heaven and hell or sin and all this. It's just about this is who God wants to be for you. And we see that woman Jesus leaves. This is like a short little moment. I'm thinking 30 minutes. I don't know how long this was, but in a short moment, she's going this way with her life. Jesus talks to her. Everything changes. She goes this way now, and she becomes probably the biggest evangelist in the Gospels. It goes on to say that she evangelized the Decapolis, which is 10 cities now chasing after Jesus because of her testimony. Isn't that amazing? So we see this consistently. We see this even with the calling of the disciples. Jesus evangelized the disciples. And all he does is he's just walking down the road. And he's like, man, you are a mighty man of God. 
come on, let's do stuff together. And in a moment, the trajectory of their life changes forever, right? So when we read the Gospels, that's the type of evangelism that we see consistently, and that's the type that we want to talk about today, because we're talking about mentorship through um, evangelism, right? We're talking about discipleship, and the last month that we've been digging into investing in people, this is a huge piece of it. So a long time ago, this guy named Carl Medeiros, anybody ever heard of him? He has this great book. Uh, Remember Simple Jesus? Something like that. So he taught us this at the training school that we were part of. He drew a cross right in the middle. Hopefully you guys can see this. And then he said, all right, now we're going to draw a circle around Jesus. Okay? And he said, now every single person in the whole wide world is on this map right now. Every single person that's alive and breathing, they're on this map. And some people, like Rachel or um, like Candace, are like right here. Their little arrow is like, yes, Jesus, I'm right there. And maybe some people are like, oh, man, I'm running away. Get me out of here. Like, they don't want to hear about Jesus. They, they were there. They want out, you know. Some people are just like, do-do-do-do-do, just wandering around over here. They're no, not even in the circle. They're not in the kingdom of God. And there's some people moving this direction, moving that direction. And so all over the world, in all of your relationships, you have people who are like this. And some are moving, running fast to Jesus. Some are running away from Jesus. Some are kind of close, but just kind of doing their own thing and they're all over looking in a certain direction moving in a certain direction with their lives the trajectory of their life has been set and here's what Jesus would do when he would walk around he would walk over and he would find somebody who's like oh hey how you doing there Uh, you know God has more for you and he would just make a little moment to have an intentional conversation and in that moment everything would change. The trajectory of their life could be turned. And all of a sudden, Jesus did not grab their hand and stay with them till the day they died to make sure that they made it all the way into heaven's gates. But he just simply had a little conversation, changed the trajectory, helped them to have a new thought about who God wants to be for them. And then he would leave them on their own and let them go on their own path. So we're going to illustrate it a little bit deeper. I have some arrows, thanks to Mr. Chad. Who wants an arrow? All right, you get an arrow. We're going to spread it out. You get an arrow. You get an arrow. Who else wants arrows? All right. Uh, Sandra, I'm not going to throw it at you. Here, pass this to Sandra without shooting anybody. You get an arrow. All right, so anybody else want arrows? Here we go. All right, I got a few left. Here you go, Michelle. Oops, sorry. There you go. Okay, here. I have to get rid of all of them, so (laughs) who else? All right, Reese, you get one too. Okay, so grab your arrow, point it in a trajectory, any direction you want. I don't care. So you got people all around you, circling you right now in your life, in real life. And this is what it's like. Some people running straight for Jesus. Some people, who the heck knows where they're going, but they're going somewhere. And your job in their world is to come along and plant seeds that can bring life into them. So your job is to be like, Reese, buddy, man, you're so awesome. God's got amazing things for you. I'm proud of you, buddy. That's so awesome. 
wow, you got some crazy stuff going on here, huh? Okay, let's, yeah, that's good. All right. And you just kind of walk through your life and just love on people and encourage them a little bit and just give them a little nudge, give them a little bump, a little encouragement. And before you know it, if I've spent a moment of intentionality with everybody in the room, the trajectory of the entire atmosphere has been changed by my focused effort to help them see what God has for them. Amen? So that is what we're looking for. That is the type of discipleship that we're hoping for. Okay, now we're going to drive it home a little bit deeper. Everybody stand up. You can put your, if you have an arrow, you can hold it. This can be your, well, it's Chad's. Chad will collect these at the end of the service. But during the service, you can hold on to this. Okay, so I want you to close your eyes. I want you to safely spin around three times. One, two, three. Stop. Okay, open your eyes. Now put your hands out like this. Make an arrow. All right? Everybody got an arrow? Now I want you to very, don't do it until I say go. I want you to very slowly start walking in the direction of your arrow. It, don't destroy my chairs, please. Okay? <laughs> but it, get into the aisle if you need to. Don't go, don't go. I need two evangelists. Maccoby, anybody else an evangelist? Who loves to share Jesus? John, get up here, buddy. Okay, Maccoby and John are two evangelists. I want you to walk slowly in the direction of your arrows. And watch what happens in one minute's time as two evangelists simply start turning people towards the cross. Okay? On your mark, get set, go. Walk slowly. One minute. The pressure's on, evangelists. Don't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> doing good, doing good, doing good. All right, evangelist, come on. Keep it going. All right, let's stop. All right, you can go back to your chairs. 30 seconds. Look how many people found Jesus by simply turning the direction of the room. One more illustration to drive my extremely simple point home. Jesus was like the toy train conductor. All right, so you've got these trains. The trains are moving randomly in their own directions. This guy's going this way. This guy's going this way. This guy's going here. And what Jesus would do as he would bump into people in his life, he would simply grab them and be like, oh, hey, check out this great new path that's going to make your life so easy and amazing. And just put them on the path. And he'd just kind of give them a bump and get them moving along. And then he'd move on to the next person, right? He would change the trajectory, helping them get onto the track, moving into God's heart, helping them understand who God was for them so that they could end up where they're supposed to be at the end of their life. There's a uh, Greek word. It's called ekbalo. It's E-K-B-A-L-L-O. Ekbalo. And what this word means is to eject, to cast out, to drive forth. It means to pull or to pluck or to send away. 
So in the Gospels, there's a few scriptures that come to mind for this morning's message. And one of them is about Jesus saying, hey, the, the harvest is plentiful. There are so many people hungry and desperate and they want to know God. The harvest is there. It's all around you. But you've got to pray that the Lord of the harvest would call out laborers to come into the work and to bring in the harvest. And so this word to, to call forth or to send out, this was the ekbalo. Jesus is saying, God wants to ekbalo you, to get you forced out into the harvest to begin doing the work. So God's heart for you is that you get up out of your booty and your chair and you start moving forward and you ekbalo into the kingdom of God. The second scripture that comes to mind is the uh, scripture of the, the parable of the seeds. And in this parable of the seeds, we see that the seed has fallen all over the place. The seed is, it's in rocky ground. It's in hard ground. It's in thorny ground. It's in all these different places and it's in good ground. But what's interesting is there's no, um, there's no chiding of the sower for getting it in the wrong places. Jesus never mentions, hey, sower, what are you doing getting it on rocky ground? What are you doing getting it on thorny ground? No, the, the purpose of the sower is to ekbalo the seed, to get it out, to just, it doesn't matter. Like there's plenty of seed to go around. And so the father's desire is that you, as a lover of him, you take that seed and you ekbalo everywhere you go. Just get it out there. He doesn't care where you get it out. Just get the seed out there. Or as we're talking today, just go out there and start changing trajectories everywhere that you go. Start planting these little seeds that there's more to life than what you currently know. God has great things for you. The third scripture that comes to mind is... Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill can't be hidden. And neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to the whole area, to the whole house. So let your light shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Okay. So this is the most simple illustration you've ever seen, but you probably noticed I blacked out the windows today and uh, I have a light. So we're going to bring down all the lights as dark as we can. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. All right? But Jesus tells us, your purpose is to ekbalo, to just get the seed out there. Your, your purpose in his heart is to share boldly and just love on people and help change perspective of who people are. And he says, if you have a light and you put it under the candlestick like this, what good is it? What good is it? What does this mean? This means that if you are not being yourself, you mad lover of Jesus, who understand the kingdom of God probably better than most people in the world, <laughs> if you hide that from the people that you are around, what good are you doing? And so Jesus' encouragement is, guys, just be yourself. Just let the light shine. Like, don't hide it. Don't do anything special. Just be yourself. I'm going to burn your eyes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Y'all can turn the lights up. Thank you. It's so simple. Like, fall in love with Jesus and don't hide it. And as you talk to people who need help, just be honest. Just Tell them the truth about what you know that they don't know. That's exactly what Jesus did. He would just bump into people and they'd be like, oh, my life is terrible. And he'd be like, 
We need to have a new thought. Did you know this? And bam, everything would change just like that. He wasn't hiding the truth that he understood and that he knew. So that's what God's desire for you guys is, is to get out there, to ekbalo, get into the harvest because it's everywhere around you. To be the sower that just plentifully sows the seed everywhere that you go and don't hide from people who you really are. That's the type of evangelism that we're going for today. So this is, I love this when this kind of stuff happens. There's a few of you guys who are amazing at this. Like Rachel has stories constantly of just sharing honestly on Facebook what God said or did or something that she's been meditating on. And people from all over the nation, random people that she's acquainted with over the years will be like, oh my gosh, that changes everything. Because just simply because she didn't hide what the Lord put inside of her. Um, Fallon recently has been loving on one of her coworkers and they don't know Jesus and she's been loving on him for a long time and she's just simply not hiding who she is and it's attractive and it draws them out and the seed is coming to life and they're falling in love with Jesus, amen? I was at a, a, a couple lunches recently with some title company people and in both lunches, one week apart, there'd be two people that I was meeting with and one person would be on fire for God, just loving Jesus. They're totally tracking with me, everything we're talking about. But the other one, maybe not so much, hard to say. And I had a moment to turn an arrow. So they're like, hey, Grant, how'd you get into real estate? Tell us a story, you know, like, tell us what's going on. And I'll say, you know, a crazy story. I was uh, working with a ministry called Mission Generation, and we had planted this church, and that's all we wanted to do was ministry, ministry, ministry. And the Lord said, hey, Grant, your season with ministry generation is coming to a close, and it's time to look at the next thing. And I was like, praise the Lord. Church is going to pay the bills. This is going to be fantastic. All right, full-time pastor, here I come. And the Lord says to me, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't, I don't really want to pay you from the church. What if I never want to pay you from the church? And I was like, mm, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Not what I signed up for. I don't know, like, working for free. Like, how do you pay bills? Like, no, that's not what I'm interested in. And the Lord says, no, 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 hear me out. I don't want to pay you from the church. I want to use the money we would pay you specifically to launch out other people into ministry. And I want you to dream of a business that you can put together and you can hand over to me like a vessel that I can pour my blessings into. And it will easily pay the bills. It'll easily give you time to be with your family and lots of time to do church stuff. But it'll also put you around people that you would never meet in any other situations. And then I go on to tell them the story about how my first year in real estate, miraculously, I was able to do 40 deals, okay? And it's just mind-boggling, but the Lord spoke it, and he did it. And it's my testimony. Like, he said, do this. He said, give me a business I can bless. And he blessed my socks off, and he hasn't stopped, right? So I get to share these stories, and I'm just speaking about how the Lord talks to me and these funny conversations that he and I have, and I'm just being honest about who he is, and all of a sudden, arrows get changed, you know? And the, other, the second person that's there with him, like the assistant, their eyes are like, what? Like, I didn't know God spoke like that. I didn't know God could do practical things. Like, what? And changing arrows, changing directions. And that's my favorite. When I get to be around people who are not in this room, and they don't understand God the way that I understand God, and we're just talking about normal life. 
This happened this week. We're, we're doing the prophetic time, and I, and I have a business partner that uh, was here, and we're praying, and we're doing prophetic time, and the Lord gives me this word about peace and about the, how the peace, it was like a thick, heavy rain, like, like substance, like a substance, and it was like manna, and I just begin to prophesy and start speaking what the Lord's saying, and he's like, there's peace coming all over you. It's surrounding you. It's heavy. It's strong. It's enough to press down the anxiety and the worry and the struggles and all the stuff going on. And, uh, but it's like manna. And, you know, manna in the Bible is the word of God. And so the word of God is your key to find the peace to press down the anxiety. And I finish, and she's like, and we don't do spiritual like her and I. We don't really talk about that. But she opens her eyes. She's like, did you know? That's like exactly what's been going on recently is like anxiety. And she goes on to share and share and share and share. I love that. Like turning, turning arrows left and right, okay? That's the type of evangelism that we're after and that we feel like the Lord's highlighting for us in this season. There will be seasons, don't get me wrong, where it's like, come on, church, we're going door to door. Let's get the word out there. But that's not what the Lord's saying right now. For us right now, I want you guys to have your eyes open and to be aware and to simply be yourself and do not hide yourself from the people that are around you. And when the opportunity arises, change some arrows because that's how Jesus did it and that's how you change the world around you. Amen? Okay, I want to end with uh, just a prayer over you guys. We're going to turn on some music, um, but y'all stand up. And I just want to pray for you. If you feel like, okay, God, I'm willing to do that. I'm up for that. I, I will go for that. Then that's what I want to pray for you specifically. Let's see. I think I got it. All right. So, Father, we thank you for the way that you loved on people. We thank you for the way that you changed lives. You changed trajectories. You changed the future. And we speak over every single person in the room, the boldness, the ability to not hide their light in the name of Jesus, but to simply be themselves in the way that they know you, to fall madly in love with you, to have revelation with you daily, to let the word go deep into their life, let the spirit of God reside in their life and rule and reign in their life. And as they do that, they would not hide from the people around them. They would not hide from their coworkers. They would not hide from their neighbors. They would not hide from the people in the grocery stores, but they would have the boldness to simply be themselves. And as they do, they would very gently and lovingly and caringly turn arrows and point them back to you. And everywhere that they go, the trajectory of the people around them would be changed forever in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, we declare it and we speak it into existence in every single person. We bind up fear in the name of Jesus. Fear, you have no place. You have no place in their lives. You have no place in their lives and specifically the imaginations of what people will think and what people will say. We bind those up in Jesus' name and we throw them out in Jesus' name and we release the, the bold life of God to ooze out of every person everywhere that they go, in every situation, with every person that they bump into, that they would look just like you, taking a moment to focus and to love on people and to change trajectories forever in Jesus' name.